Coming in hot, 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 Lisa shares her financial tips and strategies to build wealth, have fun with finances, and be debt-free without having a restrictive budget. From bankrupt to millionaire, Lisa knows what it's like to feel as if you're living paycheck to paycheck. Her unconventional money multiplier system is the very wealth protocol that enabled her to retire two and a half years early, pay down $100,000 of debt in six months, and move to her dream home at the beach. Welcome to this episode of I Date Money. Today, we have the beautiful Natalie Guzman, and I hope I said your last name correct because I forgot to ask, Um, but she truly is inspiring. She is a former foster kid turned CEO and has a passion for helping entrepreneurs create their dream business online. After helping entrepreneurs around the world manage and run their business as a virtual assistant, Natalie decided to take all of that knowledge she had gained, and I love how she did this, and started Nadora.org, an online software that equips businesses with all the essential tools that they need to create and manage marketing campaigns, nurture customer relationships, and effortlessly collect and nurture leads. Now, who doesn't need that? Thank you so much, Natalie, for being here and sharing this space with us. Uh, we're coming at you from Florida today. We got the Florida girls in the house. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here, Lisa. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So tell me, you know, I love that you're the co-founder of Nadora. We're going to get into that in a minute. But, you know, just going back to little Natalie, you know, when you were a little girl, when what was it like when you first met money? Can you tell us about that? Yeah, it was kind of crazy because I, within a year, I went, or within a couple of span of a couple of years, very short time in my childhood, I went from the poor kid to the rich kid to the foster kid. Mm-hmm. So very, which of course money has to do with all three of those positions. And so the first point that I, I probably realized that we didn't have money was when my mom brought her um, new boyfriend around who just happened to be a multimillionaire. And we were living in the projects in Massachusetts. So it was a whole different atmosphere. We, I went from, you know, living in this community with all these kids, all we just play outside all day long to moving into a big three-story house. Like I never imagined we would live in a place with stairs. And I realized, you know, what money can bring, you know, and it's not always positive. And sometimes it is positive. So that's kind of where, you know, I first met money was when my mom got with someone that had a lot of money. Yeah. Wow. Good for her. (laughs) They say to marry rich or, you know, connect with the rich, right? (laughs) How how did, so you, what was that experience like though? Like going into the projects, being in this close knit community, going into this space where, I mean, did you have friends? Was it like a neighborhood with lots of kids and What was that? Did you like resent money or love money and think, wow, I'm like Annie, (laughs) orphan Annie. Yeah. He was, even though he was a multimillionaire, he didn't spend his money like a multimillionaire. He did build this house and this house was brand new. He built it for my mom. So I fell in love with blueprints and building and planning. And it's kind of how I got to be a CEO today, but he, he was very frugal with how he spent he would go on vacations, you know, a couple times a year. And that's really how he would spend his money. He had an old car. If we went to a restaurant, he'd usually choose the cheapest item on the menu. So I was, I think I was confused by it too, because I had to completely, I had all the friends I had before. I no longer had my mom didn't associate with those people. We also moved to a new town. So that had a lot to do with it. And so it, 
my life completely changed. I went to a school that obviously had more money. I started going to church and, you know, it was a church where a lot of people had money and my friends had pools and trampolines. And I was like, what is this? So it was a really confusing time for me. Also, I had, you know, a new stepfather in my life, but I really respect how he handled money because he didn't, even though he could buy the most expensive cars, he could buy, you know, multiple houses around the world. He never did. He was in real estate and that's how he, you know, he made his money. And so I got to really watch him. You know, he did all the work himself. We stripped paint off the walls. He could have even used that money in his business, but he did the work himself. Oh, wow. Solepreneur. Yeah. So then you went, then what happened? Because you said you were in foster care. So what? Yeah. So... They divorced when I was uh, about 12 going on 13 and it hurt my mom a lot. She really, really loved him and she didn't really understand it. And so she kind of just disappeared. Um, she put me into foster care willingly. And so I all of a sudden you had no control over money. I couldn't ask to go out to a restaurant. It was the simple things, right? I didn't have access to buy new clothes. It was just whatever handy downs of former, like another foster sibling had, or I would try to get close from my school, things like that. So it wasn't like I really had access to money. We didn't go shopping. We didn't go to malls. I was literally at my foster home right after school every single day of the week. So it was another drastic change for me. Yeah. I can't even imagine like your mom, did she have a conversation with you and and say, you know, I mean, obviously get going through a divorce, there's, there's build up to that, but she just just wasn't. No, she told me we were going to the fair. (laughs) Yeah. And I actually ended up in a social worker's car, did not go to the fair at all. So I think she just didn't know how to tell me. I have a really good relationship with both my biological parents and my mom and stepfather are now back together. Crazy enough. So yeah, so it's been a crazy journey. I just learned to, you know, love and forgive and just kind of, you know, you go with whatever life gives you. Well, the experiences that we each have are for a reason, right? It it, it prunes us some way, shapes us in some way. And it makes you, I mean, you're so strong and you took this stance about, you know, money and all of that. And you've seen extremes. I mean, not a lot of people have these extremes in their life where, you know, you, you go from literally rags to riches to, I mean, sort of rags in a foster care home. I mean, I'm not hundred percent familiar with that setting, but I've heard a lot of things and sort of that disconnect. What was your feelings towards money? Like during this time, like you were confused. And then when you lost everything, and then all of a sudden, you know, did you feel like money betrayed you or like, can you tell us more about that? Yeah, it was more like a really a loss of control. So I obviously have OCD now, <laughs> you know, going through that whole situation because I had no control of my home in any of those stages. Right. So from going to this new neighborhood where I lost all my friends and then going foster care again losing all the friends, especially with the divorce. We no longer went to that church where all my friends just happened to be. So it was a very dramatic turn. And I think I just learned, you know, I I just felt really, really out of control. I had no handle. I had no one to really even teach me, you know, how to big count when it comes to credits, when it came to um, college applications and trying. I got into, actually, I was living in Massachusetts, you know, when I was a senior and for my whole childhood, I'm from Massachusetts, but I was looking at colleges in Florida and I got into Ringling School of Art and Design, which is an amazing school, especially for photography, which is what I was going for. And 
I didn't know how to fill out applications for loans or how to get financial aid. I had no idea how to do any of that. And I kind of had to figure it out, ended up not going to school there because I just couldn't do it. And so I think I did feel betrayed in a way by money because I couldn't control it. And so I just like would work my butt off to try to make as much money as I could so I could try to get control over it. And then all these unexpected bills at my own apartment at 17. So I had to learn really, really quickly how to make a budget and spend money and cover rent and electricity and how not to use. I learned it wasn't just about making or spending money. It was also about what you do in your daily life. So like how much electricity am I using? I can manage that by lowering my bill so I can then have more money in my budget. So those are some of the things that I would do to control it. Do you find yourself being super frugal? Yeah, of course. Yeah. (laughs) I still might. I'm on Facebook marketplace every day looking for the new free things. I'm trying to redo my backyard. So I'm trying to find whoever's throwing out a patio table that I can just like use with my four chairs I already have. And I enjoy it. It's kind of like a uh, a hunt, you know, yeah, it makes pleasure it hunt. You have to work for it. I think it gave me a healthy appreciation that I have to work for my money. Yeah. But it's, it's, I mean, that's the key though. Like when you enjoy doing something, it doesn't really matter how you acquire it because we, we put a value on the dollar. I mean, let's face it, money's paper. It comes from a tree and we say, you know, the $20 is a $20 bill, a dollar is a dollar bill. But then when we decide to exchange it, it's because it's something that we, we want to take our currency and switch it for a product or a service, you know, in society, the way we grow up tells us, oh no, you know, this is how you have to do it. And imagine if we just let it all go and let money be money. And we had the open hands, we would be able to multiply it because we're, we're not restricting it in any way. So, so many people can hold on or can receive money, but they can't hold on to the frequency because they're like, no, no. If money was a person, they would be like, uh, we're going to give you the silent treatment and don't come around here anymore. You know, like you're not wanted, or maybe it's a one night stand. So what's your relationship with money like today? If it, if you could describe it as a relationship, how would you describe it? Ooh, that is a good question. I think it's definitely like a partnership, right? Kind of like a marriage. You know, I, I give part of myself and then it gets part gives it back to me, you know, and it's continuously, you know, take and give. But um, I think it's a really healthy partnership because you can have bad partnerships, you have really good ones. And so, you know, um, I've learned to communicate with money by, you know, making sure I have a budget, making sure I have a plan, you know, teaching my children. That's like been the biggest thing with my kids is like, I want them to realize that you can have a really healthy relationship with money and that, you know, it can bring happiness, but it's not the only thing that's going to bring you happiness, you know, and, you know, working hard makes you feel really good. And I want them to have that confidence from working really hard. So I think it's just, I would describe it as a partnership. Yeah. Love that. That's beautiful. With your business as entrepreneur, tell us how you got started in the VA business world and like, what was your startup cost? Were you concerned about money? Did you invest in yourself? Tell us all the things. Oh yeah. This is something I'm really proud of because uh, it was, I'm one of those accidental entrepreneurs where I was kind of put in a situation where I had no choice. Um, my job told me I had multiple miscarriages when trying to start my family. And my job told me I had three days to give birth or else I'd have to find you another job when I was in my uh, third trimester with my daughter. Um, Super scary time for me because I didn't know if we were going to be able to carry her in full health (laughs) for the remainder of the pregnancy. And um, 
And I quit right there on the spot. And I started looking for ways to make money from home and landed on virtual assistant because I could make my own schedule. I could choose who I worked with. I never wanted to give anyone that much control over my life ever again. And that's why I decided to be an entrepreneur. Never wanted to feel that anxiety and that panic, like my family wasn't being supported. And we grew the, I grew the business organically to six figures in three months, had to hire two people in 30 days. (laughs) And I had to learn really quickly how to create a business and handle the finances. And um, I didn't spend a dime on advertising or lead generation until like my fifth year, which was actually pretty much like this year. So (laughs) the first year that we really, um, you know, put money into advertising. Yeah, that's beautiful. How did you scale so quickly? I think it was just really building genuine connections, you know, caring about entrepreneurs and really wanting to help them succeed was you know, my key, I would give them advice on what I've seen through other companies I worked with or other clients I had. And I just really supported them 100% to my best of my ability. And I think that just came back to me tenfold. That's awesome. Did you retain the clients that you initially started off with? Yeah, I still have um, my original two, which I'm very, very happy. They're amazing. And then my other ones, because I did so many roles. I did like marketing. I did a family manager where like I would order school supplies for the family off of Amazon, have it delivered, you know, things like that. It was just like the most, it was the coolest position because I got to do so many things and who knew that would build me into a CEO that could do all the things, right? So now I have a really good understanding about sales because I helped with lead generation. I have a really good understanding with discovery calls and building websites and graphic design because I had to be a chameleon and fit myself into all these different roles. Um, so it's really helped build my business what it is today and what helps launch Nadora. That's beautiful. Why the name Nadora? Um, so my name is Natalie and my co-founder is, is Dora. So Dora is actually an employee of mine and she has done so many amazing things. One of my original employees, she helped build this program. It was kind of her idea. She kind of had to push me into it. She's like, you're doing the VA agency, you have a marketing agency and we're using the software. Why don't we just put it all into one and really provide a better support network for entrepreneurs, including you know education classes and networking and membership directories. And so that way we can really help support the overall entrepreneur in all areas. And so I gave her the title as co-founder to kind of say my thank you for helping me, you know, get to this point and bring it all together. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. It's a very catchy name, Nadora. I like that a lot. I do too. Yeah. And you mentioned the finances and we're all about dating money here. So how did you streamline the back end of your finances to make it flow? So as you scaled, you knew that there was a solid system in place and you were building out your investments, your operating expenses and all all the details that come along with being an entrepreneur. Yeah. So I learned a lot of different things along my way. And one of the things I learned about is the easiest income for us is monthly recurring income. That's also passive, which is where Nandora comes in because we have the software. So our software portion is passive and is monthly recurring. And so they have access for a fee every month to the software and then same with the membership directory and same with the education courses. Now there is a little bit more work that goes into the education portion, but we're really not spending so much time on it as we were with the projects, like when we did VA work and when we did the marketing work. 
Yeah. So I learned really quickly that, you know, as much income as we could create that would be passive is really going to be what expands our business is and also connect all three businesses. So that way I'm not like spending, you know, so many resources on so many different businesses because you got like the emails and you have the business license and all these things that go into a business. We have three businesses that gets pricey. So that's why I kind of created the door to really help with the finances. So it links everything together. You got marketing experts, you have virtual assistants with the door, and then you also have the software. And so one of the things that me and my team is also focusing on is building templates. So that way that's another passive income. So that way they can be imported into their Nadora account and entrepreneurs can use them seamlessly. Awesome. Templates for marketing purposes? The website templates, email marketing templates, automation templates templates. We even have like KPI reports, all the fun stuff. Okay. All that tech stuff that I'm not knowledgeable on. <laughs> that's exactly who we, who like we finances. <laughs> that's exactly who we help is like the non-techies. We yeah. got you. Almost all my clients are non-techies. So yeah, I do know what KPI is. I'm pretty good at that. And I've been learning about RSS feeds and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> So, and in the finance world, they haven't really created the best software to connect all the budgeting tools that are necessary to efficiently run a business. And you're like, my, my expertise is like, let's just make your money work for you and, and strategically set it up. And, you know, like we, I look at automation for it and it's like, what would be the best thing, but you have to tie in the banks in order for all that to happen. And it's just There's just too many holes right now, I think, with the technology and all of that. So there's definitely systems, but a lot of it is manually and having those systems in place to multiply your money. What's your favorite thing to invest in? Oh, I love software. <laughs> so it's between my people and my software, that's probably it. Like, so right now I love how we have our finances set up because I have like our Stripe is connected to our software, which is connected to QuickBooks. And so everything kind of syncs really, really well together. And then also with payroll is synced. So I have a time tracker software that syncs to my payroll software, and then that automatically pays them bi-weekly. If you invest in your people, you can really create those automated processes too. You keep you create a process in the system, you train them, and that's automated. So anything that can really create that automated system where it takes a load off me, the better. Yeah. Yeah. Because you need to focus on building your business and and connecting and converting and all that. So that's beautiful. I love, I love all that automation stuff, even though I'm like, that's (laughs) mine. I don't think I have a gene in my body, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, some of us can learn it, but no, it's no fun. Let's, let's spend our time where we're good at, where our gifts and talents are. So I love that you have that, um, that part of it. And I worked with QuickBooks for years. I, I was a treasurer for many entities and QuickBooks is my least favorite because it is so unforgiving. You make a mistake for it. And, uh, you know, so every time I hear a QuickBooks, it's like, they got to, you know, they, they need to create a, they need to fix that system. You know, I, I mean, I get the accounting part of it, but really it's just the mindset isn't there when you're just want to multiply your income and, and do all the things. So one of the things I stress with uh, my clients is 10% fun money. Do you have that built into your system? Yes, we do. So I have read, I've talked to a lot of like, financial experts and reading books. And so we have, I don't know if it's 10, I think it's 15% is the fun money because I, I, it's kind of, I always want to have that there because whenever 
software I want to, you know, I find new software I really like. I learned that I had to have that in my budget because I would not be able to buy it if I wanted to, you know, explore or try it out. And like, we have a new program we're looking at right now. And if I didn't have that budget, I wouldn't be able to get it. So So what do you do with your fun money? I usually get a software. Uh, (laughs) You you don't do anything for you? (laughs) Uh, For me? Yeah, I do actually. So I actually have a separate budget for that. I have, so my thing that I do for fun and it is business related, but it's really for my soul is um, I go to entrepreneur events all around the world. And that's where I meet people. I like, I get a break from my life as a mom and a wife of a law enforcement officer, which is very stressful as you can imagine. And we move about every two years. And so these events just give me that break to just refresh, you know, realign, get my, my passion is my business. And so I get to refocus on that, but then I also get to connect with like mom, mompreneurs, other moms. Right. And so then that brings my mother's side out. And so I absolutely love events. And so I have a specific event budget. So that way I can continuously go on these events. I love that. Do you, yeah, you like to travel then you move, you move every two years. Every two years, my husband's job around Florida, we move. Yes. Like I was telling you, I was in Orlando. I've been in, you know, uh, the West coast, the uh, East coast, everywhere. Um, now we're in the North. Uh, we haven't been South yet. That's probably our, our next place, but um, we move every two years with his job. So. Oh, I didn't realize law enforcement people moved like that. He's prison. He works at the prisons. So we move prison to prison and funny enough, we live on the prison. Yeah. So it's a very different lifestyle. It's very like military life. And cause he's a, he's an assistant warden. So we go all around Florida. Yeah. Wow. Very interesting. That is awesome. So what's the best way for people to connect with you? Oh yeah. That's my website. It's natalieguzman.com. You can find all my business on there from the virtual assistant to Nadora. And then we also, for your listeners, we have a 14 day free trial for Nadora.org. So just go on to that website and you'll see it pop up right there. And um, it's a really, really cool tool. And I hope that's going to help someone out there. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank so you. what words of wisdom can you give to somebody starting off their business? Oh man, have a plan for your money, even the money that you were not expecting. Because mm-hmm. it will happen all the time. And I think that's, you know, I think that's where we get crazy is when the money that we weren't expecting comes in and we don't have a plan for it. Purposely planning for your money. I tell you know clients that all the time, like you have a vision you're visualizing what you want to do in your business and how to scale and all of that. Visualize that dollar amount that you want to receive. Everyone says, you know, I want 10,000, you know, 100,000 months, whatever it is that they want, whatever their number is. Well, what's the purpose of receiving that much money? Have a plan for it. Every down to the last dollar or euro or whatever your currency is. And that's so important. So that's beautiful, beautiful advice. Thank you so much, Natalie, for sharing on our, on this um format. I just love your story. And there's so many different things that we could have gone in so many different directions, but I wanted to stay focused on (laughs) the finances, the big F word. (laughs) So thank you for sharing all of that. And uh, this is such an incredible, incredible story and incredible person. Mm -hmm. And for those of you listening, if you want to connect with Natalie, you want to check out her tech stuff, you need VA services, whatever it is, be sure to um, go to her link in the show notes. And share this podcast, um, or if you're watching on the YouTube, um, with anyone you know who needs to hear Natalie's story, needs her services, and be sure to subscribe. Show the show some love. 
and give us a five-star rating. And remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make, it's what you do with it. Hey, hey, thanks for tuning in. Be sure to rate the show. Give us some love. We would love your review. And remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It's what you do with it. And some words of advice, pay yourself first. Are you ready to partner with money? Go check out the money dating game at idatemoney.com and choose your partner. We hope you always get the date you want.